Hello and welcome to the first DCM podcast of 2019. Um, I'm Zoe Jones, not Tom Linnae. Um, I'm Marketing and Insight Director at DCM. Tom, unfortunately, is not with us for the next couple of months. He's having an amazing time in India on sabbatical. Um, so Poor I'm standing guy. in. <laughs> and I'm really pleased to say that my first guest and DCM's first guest of 2019 is Maisie McCabe. She is Deputy Editor of Campaign, has been at Haymarket working across the campaign Media Week brands for the last 10 years. Um, last year was a particularly big year for Maisie and Campaign, so it was Campaign's 50th birthday, and it's also Maisie gave birth to the wonderful Frank last year. Um, so a big year for both, and I'm delighted that Maisie could join us today. Mm, thanks for having me. Um, so Maisie, I think it's tradition in the first month of the year, and Campaign certainly does it with their year ahead issue, to look ahead at and have some predictions. Um, it's been an, it's an amazing issue, so if you haven't read it, I would encourage everyone to read it. But what would you pick out maybe as some of your personal highlights from those predictions and we could have a bit of a chat about to kick things off um i think one of the sense the sense that came across in, in a lot of the answers is that actually with brexit happening maybe happening um in the next couple of months actually it's really hard to make a prediction about the specifics um and so the most important thing is to sort of find and do the things you love and care about um and that came across in whether that's in sort of you know the creativity you know section for creative directors or you know in, or indeed for kind of you know applies for media owners as well that actually you know it's it's probably going to be a difficult year um you know it's going to be hard and you know certainly things are going to change but actually you know times of uncertainty can be a, a you know a great opportunity to do things a bit differently it certainly seemed like there was still a lot of optimism across the industry yeah. i mean there's been a lot of change and more change to come but people seem um optimistic even so. Yeah, it was sort of a kind of, you know, we might as well go on with things, you know. It's, there's no point waiting for the time to be better to try new things or, or start new ventures. Um, you know, sometimes kind of times of change, um, you know, can be really really fruitful. I think we had our we had our breakfast briefing on the year ahead um, a few weeks ago, and it was funny because I hadn't even planned it this way, but actually we didn't really talk about Brexit at all. Mm-hmm. It was all about, you Which know... Yeah, I know! <laughs> and I, you know, I think, yeah, I was sort of meant to include us in the section, and, uh, and it, it just didn't happen. And actually, you know, whilst that is a given, you know, well, the uncertainty that, that will bring is a given, mm. um, people... You know, you you need you need to just focus on what you can do best for your your clients and partners and and staff and colleagues and and um, in whichever part of the business you work in. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the main things that came off over is to just kind of enjoy it, really. You know, to sort of do what makes you happy if you can. Well, no, not if you can. Just do what you you know yeah. do whatever you can to to kind of find a, a role and uh, and a kind of a position that you know fulfills that part. I mean, a big thing you mentioned is creativity, and obviously campaigns had a bit of repositioning over the last year or so, and and it's a big part of the celebrations for the 50th. How has that been put more at the heart of what the magazine's about and the the website? Yeah, so I was kind of, um, I was away with a lot of the the kind of hard work was done on this. (laughs) Um, So it's quite nice to come back to kind of a reinvigorated sort of mag, really. Um, The idea is that, you know, so what is campaign really great at and what are we known for? And it is sort of having that, you know, the, the sort of beating creative heart of the industry. So whether that's, you know, creativity in all its forms, whether that's 
in a creative department of creative agency or or whether that's kind of you know thinking about different ways you can respond to a brief you know as a, a sort of sales team um, and we think that the kind of it's sort of commercial creativity is what the lifeblood of campaign is um, and you know and then where that sits in the sort of heart of culture so where again that being whether that's in you know ads being shown before films or or kind of content partnerships on the Guardian website or say um, you know kind of sponsor programming on for you know the whichever form it takes you know the way brands kind of reach consumers you know in different ways um, you know is 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 what we're interested in. I mean, it's certainly something we've been talking about as a business is how brands can be part of cultural moments. And I think in times like these times of uncertainty, those things become more and more important. And you see a lot more nostalgic ads or mm. um, feel good. You know, people yeah. want some kind of respite from quite a relentless um, negative focus that has been yeah. the last couple of years. We so. had a fun debate about the, have you seen the new Barclay card ad, mm. the, the crystals this week? And um, a lot of the campaign team really loved it and thought it was hilarious. And a couple of the team were concerned that um, it was it was maybe... Um, poking fun at the crystal. So if you haven't seen it, it's an ad featuring two people who own the crystal barn in Kettering. Um, and um, and you know, so some people were a little bit worried about the, I think, I can't remember their names, that's terrible, but were worried that they weren't in on the joke. Yeah. I think they definitely were. And yeah. I think, um, you know, Joker 5 obviously is a really interesting company and their ads have that kind of cheeky, irreverent tone. Yeah. Um, and I think you found that at Christmas, actually. There's a lot more, you know, they weren't all kind of, pulling at your heartstrings yeah. in necessarily the same way um you know you had ha- had some that were were fun and and different some light relief yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean even you know i mean john lewis was a slightly different twist as someone who's just had a young well just had a boy kind of the idea of a mother's gift being you know it, it you know took on Tugged on my heartstrings, unfortunately. Yeah. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but there we are. Well, that, that, that's their job every Christmas, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, it was, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. It put a bit of pressure on, though, for what we what we bought him for Christmas. Yeah, those. So there's been a lot of big changes, um, but since you've been back and 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 before, um, what sort of stands out for you as as one of the, those sort of big seismic moments you think we'll keep seeing more of, or do you think in the campaign, man? Yeah, I, I think maybe actually in the industry as a whole, and how campaigns covering that. Um, I mean, we just want to be keep finding the kind of people who are doing the most interesting stuff um, with creativity, whether that's people within the industry or whether it's sort of people kind of slightly outside the industry that actually might work in the industry in the future or actually are a sign that, you know, the industry isn't attracting the right people. So, you know, we kind of want to introduce, you know, find those yeah, people who are doing things slightly differently um, and in new ways. So whether that's their, you know, self-publishing their own magazine because they don't see mags that kind of reflect what they want or themselves in media, or or whether it's kind of you know kind of looking into the um, detail of how influence influence influencers work and whether you know that's it's delivering for brands in the way it claims to, um, and whether it's you know treating consumers with the sort of respect they deserve. Um, I mean, I think, who knows? I mean, so much happened while I was off. Yeah. Like, whenever we had to do a sort of brainstorm on, you know, kind of 
new, you know, kind of the future mag, what mags used to look like, the biggest story we ever, you know, we used to use an, as an example of the biggest story that could happen yeah. was Sorrel leaving WPP. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all know where that went. And so who, I wouldn't, there's been so much change. So many people move, mm-hmm. move to different businesses, um, you know, or moved out of the industry. I wouldn't, I think, you know, expect lots more of that. And there's some exciting startups in the pipeline yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, David and James are going to be, um, sorry, from Adam and Eve DDB, um, are going to be sort of tied to their non-competes for a good while yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nils, uh, Uncommon, they've obviously kind of had a big, the first kind of big ad out and they're starting to kind of push forward yeah. i think david abraham's wonderhood studios will be really interesting i mean he's such a you know brilliant operator mm-hmm. and and you know they do seem to be doing something really quite different by having kind of advertising and tv creative people on the same floor yeah. um whether that you know will prove to kind of uh, deliver anything more fruitful you know I guess we'll find out but yeah. um, but you know there's certainly you know been hiring some amazing talents got some really good people down there um, so yeah I mean even some of the you know smaller agencies if you look at I think um, James mentioned this at, at the briefing like if you look at the new business table from last year of, of kind of ad agencies actually there's a lot of kind of smaller agencies who not, aren't necessarily you know we aren't necessarily writing about all the time of had a really good year and have done some really you know obviously picked on some interesting bits of business so I mean it's our job to make sure that we're going out and and kind of meeting all these people and and writing about um you know the interesting thing that things that everyone's doing as a you know and not, not kind of just sticking to people just because they may work at the sort of biggest companies yeah that's, and what do you think about people's sort of media habits how that's sort of evolving and quite interestingly we, we, Karen obviously yeah, wrote a piece this week for campaign about cinema booming. So the official figures this week were 177 million people uh, admissions were logged last year, which is the biggest for 50 years. Um, and well, it's amazing, in, isn't it? Really? And in a year where we had the World Cup and one of the hottest summers I, I can certainly ever remember, um, and we didn't have a Bond or a Star Wars, which are sometimes those massive drivers. But instead, we had sort of 10 films over 30 million. Why, why do you think people are still going cinema, and how does that stack up against sort of other? media choices that you're seeing um i think you know it's the quality of the, the content i think it's like you know having the kind of having a variety of of kind of different films um you know having that ex- exclusivity as well you know still having that kind of window where people can't see um things anywhere else i think is really important i think you know i mean lots of people are spoken about this before but sort of great content drives great content really so mm-hmm. the fact that there's such good tv content at the moment such so many great things on on say netflix you know actually has been proven to just drive people to seek out more you know i guess you know audiovisual kind of content telly slash films um everywhere really uh, yeah, I, it's I, think I often get asked the netflix question and clearly it's not affecting cinema admissions and i, I think actually conversely it's probably helping to drive them because yeah. it's a very cinema audience similar audience to cinema um you can actually advertise in the cinema <laughs> i don't know if anyone's noticed um and, and actually funny you would mention <laughs> that sorry um so yeah so i think actually it's, it's helping because also you'll see the 
say it's a Marvel movie, you might see that on Netflix before the new one's coming out in cinema, and, and the, the two sort of help promote each other. Um, and actually, they're big advertisers. Yeah, uh, and I think cinema. cinemas are, uh, you know, obviously up their game in terms of destinations. You know, everyone always likes to talk about kind of that people want experiences these days. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it can be quite expensive, which is a whole other po- probably podcast. But, uh, you know, um, but they... Um, I guess relatively so. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in a time of recession or, or slightly, slight downturn or whatever we might be facing... It is still something that is yeah exactly. Is I mean, you know, if you can, um, you know, if it's, it's somewhere you can have a, a a good evening out. Um, and I think you know, it's it's interesting that while the kind of younger audiences obviously are watching less linear TV, it doesn't feel like they they stopped going to the cinema. I mean, they they probably count for nearly half of all those admissions. And I guess what's interesting, and certainly from my experience, is this whole multi-screening thing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing about when you're watching TV, but it's yeah. one of the few places where you actually can't do that yeah. or you're not supposed to. Yeah. Uh, so we did a big research project at the end of last year and one of the respondents said, only when I'm asleep or in the cinema do I actually put <laughs> my phone down, which is a bit, which is a bit scary. Kind of depressing, um, isn't it? But I guess that does help in terms of that captive yeah. audience. Um, no, definitely. I think, you know, the quality of the films has got to be key. And I think, I think you could... S- you know, the fact that sort of TV as, you know, you know, sort of slightly short medium form content, you know, content has been so strong has obviously pushed the studios mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of improve what they're offering. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it does, I guess, it does feel like there's lots coming up this year as well. Um, and as we're, in, as we're in predictions mode this month, um, we have got the Oscars um, nominations now been released. We were having a little look, look at that earlier. Um, what were your thoughts? About what, what sort of stood out for you and what are you most impressed by? Or which one do you think is going to win, for example, yeah. Best Picture? And then we'll, we'll go from there. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's quite, it's quite a, a variety. It's a varied field, isn't it? Um, I can't see them giving it to Roma. I think, you know, I don't we, know, maybe I'm... Maybe so, so just to summarise, we've got Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favourite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born and Vice. So quite a long and varied yeah, list there. Yeah, it is, really. And it feels like such a long time ago that Black Panther was out. Um, it's yeah. also rare to have a, a sort of Marvel Yeah, um, I mean, it'd be fantastic movie. if... Like, I'd be... You know, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved that film. I think it sort of took again took Marvel to another level. Yeah, um, what they're um, doing is amazing. I just, I, I just can't see the Roma obviously um, sort of produced by Netflix. I, I just feel like, I mean, you'd expect maybe not. Maybe I'd hope that the critics are just judging on what they think yeah. is the best film. But I sort of suspect that they're not going to give it best picture. Um, you know, A Star Is Born was. I'm not. I think. You know, the favourite, I, I love a historical drama yeah. and it's good to have a, a kind of proper romp a comedy in that category yeah. as well, I think. Um, you know, I think... It's so, it's so very, almost tragic at the same time, that yeah. movie. I mean, I think her, Olivia Coleman must be the favourite for Best Actress. Yeah. Oh, I love her so much. I mean, how she manages that that one minute, the hilarious, and then one minute, the really tragic. I mean, it, it's it's an amazing performance. But, the, but all, all three of them are brilliant in it, the lead, the lead females. I yeah. think we were also saying earlier how... It's a great year for really strong female performances, yeah. and and certainly um, you're seeing much more of that. What's maybe more disappointing is there aren't any female directors nominated um, this year. No, so okay, you have to you have to pick one then. Which one's going to win best picture? Um, we won't hold you to it, but if anyone does want to predict, they can also <laughs> enter our fantasy film league, which opened last week. I'm going to go the favourite. Great. 
And then best actress, do you think Olivia Coleman? Yeah, I mean, again, that's really strong. Um, it's a strong lineup, isn't it? I mean, as you say, it's kind of, you know, it's great that we're getting these strong character, strong um, characters for women. Um, and the next step is obviously getting more female directors in that list. I think yeah, I'm going to go the favourite. Let's let's go Olivia Coleman. I mean, as best actor, we've got um, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, um, Rami Malek, and Viggo Mortensen. Um, I mean, I we we hosted a preview screening of Vice at our first film club of the yeah. year last week and. It actually divided opinion quite a bit as a, as oh, a film. Yeah. But, um, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. I, I, I really loved it, and I really enjoyed The Big Short, which was by the same director. Um, but Christian Bale is unrecognisable. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, it seems like that's... I mean, what's the, what's the joke from extras, isn't it? Yeah, it's like exactly. you need well, to... Gary Oldman won last year for playing Churchill. But I think, I think you know, joke, jokes aside about just looking like a totally different person, he really does inhabit the character, and I think... Yeah, I, I was sort of yeah. blown away by his performance, and actually Amy Adams was brilliant um, as his wife. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's so many good good films that you can still actually go out and see at the cinema that are nominated. So I'd really encourage everyone to take take the opportunity to get out in awards season because you'll, yeah. you'll you'll see a, a great variety from a lot of different directors. And then looking at sort of the rest of the year, anything that you're particularly looking forward to? Um, well, it's obviously great that um, Captain Marvel's another you know kind of first in having a, a kind of female lead um, in, in a Marvel film. Yeah. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, I, I enjoyed um, Wonder Woman. I thought that was great. Um, we, um, I mean, it's, I had this discussion with my husband. I think it's quite, you know, the, you don't realise sometimes as a woman the kind of the power of have seeing a female lead or a woman in a particular role until it happens sometimes. And I had that little bit when I remember when Hillary was first nominated. I mean, obviously things that weren't to be, but when she was first nominated as a kind of democratic candidate, I just remember I was in the shower. And I think similar to that, like having having films which yeah. which have similar with the favourite, having three women, you know, yeah. kind of leading that, you know, is is just so important. It's those cultural moments, like yeah. you said, and, and it definitely, you know, impact. There's so many different generations go to these movies, and you remember it. You know, yeah. you remember what you saw when you were a kid. Or I mean, obviously the next step is, you know, the to reflect the, the whole kind of varied nature of, of life in all its kind of races and kind of sexuality preferences and things. But um, that should be exciting. I mean, my dad is a massive Toy Story fan and his favourite film was Toy Story until Toy Story 2 came out. Yep. And then his favourite film was to Toy Story 2 until Toy Story 3 came out. Yep. So, um, you know, kind of the stakes are pretty high. Yes. Um, but that should be, should be fun. And yeah, there's lots of Disney Live action. The, yes. the Lion King cast is sort of almost unbelievable in its kind of breadth. Yeah, it's quite interesting because they've done brilliantly in the last few years releasing live action versions of things like Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella. This year they've decided to do three. So we've got Dumbo, Aladdin, yeah. and The Lion King. Seems mad. Do you think they might save one for next year? As, as well as as well as the the Star Wars and uh, Toy wow. Story four and Frozen two. So <laughs> it's going to be a pretty busy year for Disney. You hope. <laughs> Yeah, no, that should be good. I haven't actually seen a couple. Um, I haven't seen uh, Mary Poppins yet, which I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of the yeah. original as a child. So that'd be a nice, nice one to see at some point. And, and so, talking of films that you're a big fan of, um, have you got any? If we look at not necessarily the films that are coming out, but your your sort of top three films that are pretty memorable for you. Um, yeah, so my dad again tells a great story of um, when I. W 
once when and it wasn't even the first time I'd seen the film but I was watching Stand By Me in my bedroom and he came up the stairs just as the film reached the point where um, they're running across a railway bridge with a, a sort of train fast approaching them and apparently I came shooting out of the bedroom door and down the landing um <laughs> which reenacting yeah. <laughs> yeah, well just in a lot even reenacting like oh, live yeah. um live action for me um i have a you know my friends tease me that i'm sort of i get pretty involved in drama yeah. um you know to the point where it kind of i find it quite affecting um and i used to really like um as well i mean i haven't watched it for a few years now but the player with tim robbins okay. um because i used to be so kind of empathetic with the main characters if they'd done something bad or wrong i don't want to spoil it for anyone but it's, i'm sure there's no one savoring it to to watch um you know i used to be quite upset sometimes at their downfall even if they had done yeah. bad things if that makes sense um and so yeah i hope i'm not ruining it for anyone but he um he gets away with it and i used to quite quite like that um some you know it's sort of uh, i sort of found so you're, you know, re- you're rooting for the bad guy yeah i know it's terrible <laughs> isn't it quite, everyone everyone likes darth vader it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a similar thing and then i tried to think more recently um i really enjoyed and we went i think not long like you know five days before i had frank or something um went to see uh, the death of stalin um i love amanda inucci and I do, it's just really well written i mean I'm, I'm not sure it's sort of necessarily could be on my list of favorite films for the rest of my life but um but yeah it was just the the sort of i guess as a a writer particularly the kind of um you know the sort of script is just so well done and and the you know the caliber of the sort of acting and the characters is great it'd be interesting Um, to see his take on brexit maybe oh my god yeah i i watched the thick of it as a sort of reminisce about how wonderful life was <laughs> we did we watched loads of it over the last year you just kind of wish you'd like where is malcolm tucker sorting all this stuff out oh gosh so what, so what are the plans for campaigns coverage i mean you, you mentioned earlier that you were talking about the march issue um yeah so we're sort of planning ahead so march issue we've had a few um weeks around in our, our kind of calendar so March issue is actually the agency of the years right. um, for the first time this year yeah. um, and so yeah so it's really exciting really so has that already been I know we can't have any spoilers <laughs> but has that already been decided or yeah, yeah yeah so that's been decided so um, yeah. yeah so it's I'm re- like it's really exciting to count it's always a great point in the year to kind of um, sort of look through and really think about how everyone's done mm-hmm. and how they compare and there's you know usually a chance to watch some really great ads um, and so there's that, um, but because now we're monthly, um, there's going to be sort of, you know, a few other pieces around it. So we've got some, yeah, I can, can't can't ruin too much. No. Um, it's also the best places to work in that issue as well. Yes. Um, and so we've just been talking about some really great ideas. So even though those two things are huge and, and brilliant, obviously. Well, so we, were, we, we were very proud to be included last year in the best 50. Ah, so, yeah. Yeah. And it means a lot, I think. Um, you know, we're obviously passionate about the business side of things, but mm. the culture side of anything in our industry in particular, yeah. people really care, and everyone should care about the work environment. Yeah. But there's definitely a real trend. I think I love what Bruce Daisy's doing with his joy of work, yeah. and I think he's actually coming in to speak to our team oh, in cool. a couple of weeks. Um, 
So I just you just feel yeah, like there's different focus on culture, and it's great to see campaign talking about that too. Yeah, I mean, I I actually for the February issue, which we're just putting to bed at the moment, I spoke to um, Patty McCord, um, who used to work at Netflix, and she was mm-hmm. so inspiring. I so touched um, just this idea about the importance of kind of empowering teams uh, and kind of you know that's what people want, and mm-hmm. I think there's lots of research that's come out, but it's like. No, you don't need a table football table. No. You know, what you need is to kind of, Purpose you know, believe in your, yeah, well, just kind it? of believe in your people, though, and, and believe that they, you know, l- know that they can do good things. And um, and I think, yeah, so the, the February issue, which will be out the second week of Feb, ha- obviously has the A-list with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, it's always, it's always a fun time kind of reading through that uh, and sort of seeing the similarities and not of yes. the, the answers and things um again no spoilers but um and do you yeah. have any people uh who call up and are outraged that they're not included in the a-list people do complain yeah 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 i mean they often they get their you know press offices to do it instead of doing it quite themselves yes um you know i mean it's at this stage it's far too late to complain um yeah. because the the questionnaires go out you know, yeah, sort of in, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, similarly with the school reports, you know, we, you know, there's a bit of sort of give and take in terms of the list on that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's in April. Yeah. So we basically got a really big few yeah, months kind of really with these big projects coming out. I mean, the school reports is a, a big undertaking, but, you know, we take it really seriously. It's really important to us that things are thorough and fair mm-hmm. uh, and that we're making a proper judgment on the agency's year, you know, using obviously the detail that they've supplied, but also the, the kind of information and knowledge that we've built over the year um, yeah. by reporting on them. I think the awards as well, you know, you see how we, we just finished entering the Campaign Media Awards, which seems yeah. to come around so quickly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, people do really care. And I, I've been lucky enough to judge Rising Star at Media Week Awards, etc. And a, a, lot of, a lot of time and thought and yeah. care does go into all of this. And you, you can see how much it means to people on the yeah, night. Yeah, which is uh, great. I mean, you know, we do, you know, I have been harangued. Um, you know at sort of midnight by people who haven't won before and it just you know it just shows how much people care and and that's really you know that makes me you know feel valued really as as a brand and as a sort of editorial product you know it's it's good to be producing things that people want to be in um, you know and then in May, biggest issue of the lot, we'll be launching the Digital Cinema Media Awards again. Oh, yeah, yeah, campaign. most important point. Um, we can announce that now. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. officially done, so we're looking forward to that. They yeah, no, that's been, been the great. fifth year of doing wow, that. Wow, that's believe. going quickly. Um, so every year, you know, the quality and quantity of the entries just seems to get better and better, so we'll look forward to... So we, do, we launch it in May, and that ceremony will take place again in September, so... Oh, fantastic, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's lot, lot, lots of... Well, you know, some people might not say that's as big as the <laughs> school reports, but it's really well, no, it's very exciting important. for us. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Maisie. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about the year ahead before we sign off? Um, you know, I guess just go get it. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, um, and thanks for listening. We'll be back next month. I will be back next month, and then Tom will be back in March, um, and he can talk all about his India trip and the year ahead in film. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.